Hey, it's uh, Leila Mark from the Honeymoon Period Podcast. And if we sound slightly different, that's because we're in a different part of the living room. I'm not comfortable with that joyous opening. I knew it, I knew it. I was looking at you thinking you are going to hate this. Hey, yep, yep, yep. Hey. we're not, not the dream team. <laughs> we are. We are the dream team. That's probably. a reference. That's a reference what, that no one will what, get. What is that reference? I feel like I, I was agreeing with the whole dream team concept, but is the dream team some sort of... Is it a footballing thing? No. No? no? I mean, there was a TV show called Dream Team. That's what I'm thinking. But Dream Team were a garage act that appeared, like, with DJs on Radio 1 in the late, must be early 2000s. Was, was DJ Spoonie Yeah, part Spoonie of them. was part of them, yes. I remember. Yes, and then has gone on to bigger and better things. <laughs> is that your phone? Yeah, I'm just going to turn it on to <laughs> silence. That's, uh... Anyway, while Mark does that, we're in a different part of the living room because we've moved everything around. We're in the process of, well, anyone who's listened to the podcast before will he have heard the um, in <laughs> the, the forever state that is re- renovating our house. So yes, we've moved we've moved things around. I think anyone who's listened to our podcast before might stop listening. Yeah, I think you might <laughs> have been given up by now. This crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said, have you got an opening for the podcast? And I was like, wow, I'm just really conscious that we're in a different part of the house and recording, and I wonder what it's going to sound like. I'll rephrase that now. <laughs> have you got anything interesting <laughs> to start the podcast opening? with? No. Yeah. Watching television, watching television. Our Saturday nights have been taken over again. By Strictly Come Dancing? Yes. I was trying to think then, what, what sort of things are going on on a Saturday? And then I thought, yeah, it's Strictly. Go on then. What what are you thinking about Strictly this year? We haven't we haven't had the conversation yet about obviously we're watching it every weekend together. Yeah. But we haven't really had a conversation about whether we're enjoying it or not, what we think of the people. Go on, you give us a go. Season nineteen of Strictly Come Dancing. Yes. <laughs> it's almost getting too strong for me now. In terms of the people and their talent. There are hell there are really, really talented dancers yeah. in this now. And not even like trained dance. So for people who don't watch Strictly Come Dancing, there is a range of celebrities from sports stars who've just come off the cricket or football or rugby pitch to stage school people who probably had a couple of roles on the West End and are learning ballroom dancing. And it doesn't take a genius to say that someone who's done a few West End musicals might do a bit better who's done a few games at Old Trafford. and what, <laughs> better than them? Yeah. 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 But this year... Even the non-dancing celebrities seem to be so strong. Yeah. Um, and people who I've known for, like, presenting and maybe not even, not even like, one-show presenters. Yeah. Or BBC news people. People who are sort of, like, flitting around the channels and maybe rising stars, perhaps, let's say that. Yeah. They are so strong. And I've not read anything about like stage school but then you you don't know what people have got in their yeah. background but like th- there are s- some people that you just you just think how are they doing that like if they were on the west end i probably wouldn't know the difference between them and you know the rest of the of the performers there mm. yeah uh, john Waite, who's won the first series of the bake-off did he i don't know if he won or not I, I don't remember any of the early series of the Bake Off. Is phenomenal. Yeah, um, yes, yeah. In the first uh, two male partnership, yeah. the first two female partnership uh, last year. With Nicola Adams. Yeah. Uh, but he's in a partnership with Johannes. Um, Who's amazing. And oh, 
Their Pirates of the Caribbean dance on Movie Week was just awesome. It was epic. It's like the be- and that music as well, mm. and the costumes, and like this week they did Charleston, and the synchronization between the two of them. I we've just watched a repeat of it because we've just come off the results show. Actually, yes. we've just watched the results show, and then we've come on to record. And just watching a thirty-second clip of them. I can't believe how, and they're using props, they're using baguettes as props, and they're yeah. doing all this stuff about bacon, and just amazing, absolutely mm. like stellar. I, they're my sort of uh, nod for winners, I think. Um, as long as you don't peak too soon, that's yeah, the problem, that, isn't it? I think it? that is the problem. Yeah. Um, I, my favourite, and I cry whenever she dances, is uh, Rose Ailing Ellis. Is she from EastEnders? No. Are you sure? No. <laughs> no. It's just you said that to me before and I was absolutely convinced that she wasn't from EastEnders. Um, look look her is. up. Is she? she? Is, is yes. she? Right, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she's from EastEnders, Mark. Um, she is a deaf actress mm. who has joined as one of the first ever, well, the first ever yeah, hard of hearing yep. contestant. I think it's, we need to be really careful not to call her an inspiration and things like that. Absolutely. I think it's it, it can, the, it, it, it can be a bit patronising to say that. Yeah. But I think she is doing such a good job to... She uses BSL, yeah. um, and it's shown as part of her training. When she's getting a comment from the judges each week, there is a BSL interpreter there. And just to have that increased knowledge and exposure to BSL is so important. And she's mm-hmm. such a good dancer. She's doing yeah, so she's, well. Yeah, beside all of that, she's a, a really beautiful dancer. For someone who... C- can't hear the music as well as the other contestants. Yeah. I well up every time she starts I crying, know, uh, every time she starts dancing. Yeah. So, uh, And Giovanni, who's her partner, said something really interesting a couple of weeks ago, which was that he feels like he's dancing with a dancer because she is hearing the music through his body, which is what a professional dancer would do. They're not lis- necessarily listening out for the music. Yeah. And of course, she, she can feel the music to a, to a certain extent. She was trying to explain that the other week, but actually she's feeling his body movements and, and responding to those. So I thought that was yeah. really, really interesting in terms of the dancing and the professionalism of the dancing. But yeah, I think she's doing a brilliant job in educating the public. Mm. There will be people out there um, like us who have deaf children who yeah. are... Um, really, really proud to see that sort of representation. Oh, she's winning it for me. Yeah, I know. You're um, crying now. Because, I can see. So I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm on the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so much of this is it's not often not the best dancer who wins it. It is the person who's had the journey. It's the journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'll give it. Give her the trophy now for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I've, the only thing is, I've sort of got a few weeks in and. I remember last weekend I was away for the results show yeah. and I completely forgot that it was on and got spoiled on the Sunday night into the Monday and watched a bit of the results show on the Monday on catch up but wasn't really that bothered and I didn't really feel anything about the mm. result itself and I do wonder whether maybe it's just not holding my attention as much as it has done in the past and maybe that's because there are so many good things on television at the moment it is lacking a bit of star power mm. um who who do you think was the biggest star this year like well they were trying to make it greg wise because his wife is dame emma thompson so yes. you don't often get a dame in the audience um i, I don't know really to be honest with you I, but he's dame adjacent rather than a dame yeah, himself same yeah. <sighs> so with tilly ramsey like her, da- her dad is a yeah. famous chef, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I don't know because I'm, I struggle sometimes to sort of visualise them 
to go through the list of mm. of who's there. I don't I don't know. I think they were positioning Greg Wise as being the most famous. Dan Walker, Possibly. Adam Peaty. It's like would Tom from McFly, Dan Walker outside of the UK, for example. You know, would you? Well, it doesn't would matter. You know a BBC that, breakfast that, does it? Like, presenter. You know. Well, I think it is. If you're trying to say who's the biggest star, I would say on an international scale, who do who do people know internationally? But it's just strictly come down to it. It's not yeah, on an international it, scale. No, but if you're trying to create a hierarchy, that would be where I start. I would start who is known beyond their immediate. Pool, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's... Right, Adam Peaty might be one of the most famous. Well, I'm talking about a pool. Adam Peaty might be because he's an Olympian. Uh, I mean, then you're saying that and the, like, it's bigger to get a basketball star than it is to get well, a... It like, might be. I'm trying to think of an av- like a, an above average... Like, uh, are you trying to think of like an David actor? David Jason. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Do many people know Only Fools and Horses outside of, you know... Well, no, that's what I'm saying. What do you mean? So I'm saying, so I'm saying, like David Jason would be a huge star to get on, right? But by your account, if, yeah. If if Fred the, I'm not convinced J- David Jason would be a huge star to get on. Would he? Would he really? Yeah. Well, maybe like if it was national in, treasure. In the 80- yeah, he's not doing much now, is he? And he's a bit older. I think I'm thinking of someone younger and like star, right? Really big star power. I'm thinking like. Your Beyonce's. I know you're not going to... Oh, Adele. Imagine. Do you know what I mean? Imagine That's Adele. what I'm thinking. Yeah. But the point I'm making is that Adele is famous worldwide, whereas I think someone who's huge in the UK, but not necessarily worldwide, would be... So, Harry Kane. <laughs> That's different, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Harry Kane's going to give up yeah. football oh, no, to... Yeah, a, uh, a big footballer. Yeah, I, to- I totally get that. To do a 12 with Diane Boswell. footballers on previous there must have been footballers on in the past yeah peter shilton was on oh yes he was yeah um i can't and he, I mean, the younger ones because you've had cricketers on sort of former cricketers on. i suspect it's money based okay like so well cricketers are doing nothing in the winter mm-hmm. so you can get current players or players who like who, who can train all day every day whereas footballers are playing football throughout mm-hmm. the winter okay yeah. anyway enjoying it you're enjoying it Obviously, you love Rose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of annoyed. It's kind of what we spoke about about um, Love Island in that it's a big investment. It's like mm. two and a half hours every Saturday night, yeah. and it's we can fast forward quite a bit of it because we do yeah. often come to it late, and then mm. we can fast forward through some bits. And me and the boys have a WhatsApp groove. You do, you do. Yes, let's say about that. The better, really, isn't it? I'm not allowed to get involved though. That's the bit I'm most upset about. It's boys club. I know it's the boys club, and but you're like laughing and looking at your little WhatsApp things, and I'm like peeking over to see what the and uh, no, not allowed. No. Not allowed. No. Private joke. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of jokes, should we go on to our next uh, <laughs> next televisual event that I can't believe I said okay to? I'm surprised. I know, but you got me. You must have got me in a really weak moment. But yes, you suggested that we watch. You'll, you'll have to say the name of it because I'm just going to say The Undertaker's Magic TV event. Escape The Undertaker. So this is one of the Netflix interactive game TV shows. Um, so was it Bandersnatch? Bandersnatch from... The Black, Black Mirror, Mirror episode. And there's been a few Bear Grylls things launched oh, where it? you... Yeah, this is a WWF, WWE, sorry, tie-in where... The recently retired Undertaker is the Undertaker. Yeah, is living in his castle. 
Yeah, like Mansion. Of course he is, yeah. And full of dry ice. The tag team, the New Day, want to break into his house. I hate the New Day. And steal his magical urn. Of course they do. Because why he's going to give them powers. Yeah. Yeah. And he's watching them on his CCTV a lot, which is a bit creepy. Yeah. It's, it's, it, so this is essentially a remake of Sliver from the 90s. <laughs> and so when um, so they, they approach the house, you will be given uh, a, a series of options. So knock on the door, uh, go around the back. You know, that's what they are. And they're in the house. You go, Do you want to go upstairs? Do you want to go yeah. down to the basement? So we were given those options and we were able to press and then... It jumps to that, like one of those books where, like, you know. Yeah. I think Usborne uh, yeah. Choose Your Own Adventure book. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, you were at a world, do you want to turn left or turn right? Yeah. This is crap. Oh, I'm so pleased you said that. This launched without any fanfare whatsoever, <laughs> and rightfully so. I think, if anything, they gave it too much. All the choices are absolutely, like, there are a lot of people on screen having a lot of fun. I think they're enjoying themselves. But mm. all the choices they have you make is ab- are absolutely arbitrary. So it is, you know, you can't like... Nothing has a consequence. Yes, yeah. You can follow people, but it all seems to go to the same spot anywhere. We won it the first time we did it. So yes. it's not even like a game. No, no. And halfway through, I just gave up choosing. You took over and just pressed things. And then every now and again, you would say to me, what do you want to do? I'm like, yeah, we'll I don't do care. It. Don't really care, but we'll do that. And then we still ended up... Ended up winning with this urn thing. Um, yeah, it was it was awful. <laughs> but I did wonder whether WWE fans would find it better. Maybe I was coming nope. to it with... Not a, me. Not you. Okay, right. Uh, but yeah, I tried to give it the benefit of the doubt. Oh, maybe kids would like it. I don't know. Maybe. Like your average nine-year-old maybe would find it fun for... 10 minutes. I don't think kids are watching wrestling nowadays. I don't think they are either. The average age of people that watches wrestling is shockingly high. (laughs) Like, really, like, the average, like, it's like 50 to 60 years Mm. old. It is, yeah. So not a recommendation. Um, Everything, like, (laughs) probably the worst thing we've ever watched, and that includes that Channel 5 thing with uh, Paul Meskel. (laughs) What Channel 5 thing with Paul Meskel? Oh! Oh, We watched something with Don Channel this drama, yeah, yes. and it had him in, and he was just like a little. He was quite, quite a strange character. In that. Yes. I can't remember what it was now, but yeah, I, I totally get what you, what you've seen, even though I can't remember it. Yeah, that was that was bad. Wasn't that was it? crap. This yeah, is worse. This is yeah. It wasn't great, and I, it was like it was meant to be like a fun sort of Friday night sort of thing, wasn't it? And it just wasn't. Yeah, yeah. We'd have had more fun just turning off the telly and staring at the black screen. <laughs> okay. Put that on the post to Netflix. If you're going to advertise it. So, um, shall we finish with something a, a little bit better? Just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Should we go for Succession? Yes. Season three, Succession. Succession is back. I think we need to sell what Succession is. because We need to sell it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think enough people know about this show. Really? I don't, I don't think you're right. I think lots of people know about this now. This is being positioned as the new Wire... Um, that Game of Thrones gets banded about, but I don't think that's the right genre. No. Well, so, no, I think if I went into work, everyone was talking about Game of Thrones the mm. next day. Um, no, I'd not heard anyone talk about this outside of our podcast that we listen to. And stuff um, like that. And I, I think... It's not the cultural phenomenon that Game of Thrones is. It is the cult critics' darling that The Wire and The Sopranos is for me. I'm not convinced that the pandemic hasn't sort of coloured your view on this 
because like, when I'm in the office now, for example, I don't tend to see many people. So I'm not having those sort of corridor conversations or um, conversations in, in, the, in the shared office space about what I'm watching with other people. I'm sure that, especially knowing the people that I hang around with at work, they would be talking about succession without any prompting. I'm that, telling you now. Okay. I, I said, is anyone watching it? And everyone went, no, what is it? So okay. there you go. All right, all but, right. Yeah, you know, you, you, you carry yeah. on your little thing there. But I, still, I do think that the tide has turned with it. Maybe if we'd said a couple of years ago, I agree. But I do think it's getting a lot of press. Now. I think it's, I totally agree. I totally agree. But I don't think it's the cultural phenomenon that it is. I think it is still critics darling. And, okay. Yeah. But do you, do you agree that? It's really moving in that it direction. Is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. People, I mean, the the memes and all of the, mm. the podcasts that you know, general podcasts that we listen to, but also the specialist ones. People are coming out with um, spoiler specials. Mm. They're coming out with interviews. There was yeah. that massive. Well, can, event. Before we go, what? Can, can we talk about what it actually is? All right, you go. Yeah. You go. You carry on, love. So this is the story of a media family. Um, that may or may not the be... Murdochs. Yes, yes, yeah, the Burdocks. <laughs> um, headed by Logan Roy, who is played by Brian Cox, not Professor Brian Cox, but actor could be a Brian Cox. Be, yeah. um, his four children are Roman Roy, played by Kieran Culkin, uh, Connor Roy, played by Alan Rook, Shiv Roy, played by Sarah Snook, and Kendall Roy, played by Jeremy Strong are all vying to take over the company from Logan when he retires. I'm not sure Connor is, but yes. Um, I think, I'll, I'll yeah. let you in there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is largely the plot line of the beginning. The plot, the pilot of Succession is largely very similar to the pilot of Arrested Development, which is, is a show... Oh, yeah. Okay. So Arrested Development is a show about a family who own a div- property development business, and the pilot is their dad's about to step down as the company... And Michael Bluth, played by Teen Wolf 2, is um, Jason Bateman, is expected to be handed up, named as um, like a successor. Yeah. And then he declines to stand down and hands it to his mother instead. And it, the pilot of Succession is very much similar. Yeah. yeah. It, it's all about um, who is going to take over from Logan Roy, played by Brian Cox, as, yeah. as you say. And you would think that that wouldn't really sustain it for very long but here we are at season three and the twists and the turns and the character development personally this is my favorite favorite tv show and it's it's edging up the list of like of all time it's it's very very good mm. um it's between this and better call Saul for me okay. you won't be surprised to say yeah. uh, to hear can i ask you a question yeah go on is it a comedy or is it a drama? Oh, I've been hearing this a lot. And just to go back to my point, this is where the, all the podcasts are coming out with people saying that I know mm. exactly where you've got this from because people are talking about this on all their podcasts. New ones have popped up where people are specifically looking at succession, but even on your typical t- TV and film podcast, they're doing spoiler specials and things like that. And this question comes up all the time. Is it a comedy or is it a drama? I don't view it as a comedy. And you know... I've got a massive tin ear for comedy. I I think there are comedic moments, but I think it's incredibly dark. And maybe that's why I don't think of it as, as pure comedy. It's not ha-ha, laugh-out comedy. It's very, oh, you know, that real cringe, that real, oh, God, don't do that. But it's 
funny but not funny. Yeah, I mean, it is cringe. It is, mm. It's written by Jesse Armstrong, who did Peep Show, which is just pure cringe. Have you ever seen Peep Show? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I know the concept, but and, yeah, I've never seen it. And the thick of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, cringe is in this show's bones. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is American production. Yeah. Um, it's largely based in America, although... The, although oh, they the, travel a lot. Yeah, they travel a lot. And, and it's yeah. the, the sets are just a bit like you're based in New York mm. quite a lot. And these skyscraper buildings and there's so much opulence and decadence and everyone's on a private plane. And I love watching it from the point of view of how the other half live. Um, but also... They're not happy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so that's really helpful. I think I think that is the thing. Uh, from a lot of people who I've tried to explain this to, like I don't want to see rich people be dickheads. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. this is where it spends a lot of time yeah, doing oh, rich people exactly being that. dickheads. I mean, that could be the tagline for it. if someone yeah. wants to say, "Just give me a, a line for what this is." This is exactly what it is. Mm. And even people who you get behind, there was a particular. There's a character in in season three, right at the beginning, that you're just like, "Yes, I'm so pleased for you. I know you've had issues in the past." but I think you've done the right thing. And then you see them do other things and say other things to people and be so narcissistic and see the world just revolving around them and having an event where something really emotionally terrible has happened and them viewing that as being really good that they've got those people around them. You know, oh, I'm I'm the king because look at these people, look at these women in particular that I've attracted into my life. Never mind that one of those women might be really upset. And then you then it falls again and you just think, oh no, you actually you you really don't live in the real world. And I'm still kind of behind you, but Everyone has these shades of grey, and that's what I love about every single character. I can find things that I really like about them, but I can also see the darkness as well. I think we need our Twitter game on point. <laughs> Why? That's a quote from the episode. Oh, is that a sorry? Yes. <laughs> I was like, "Why are you talking about our Twitter account?" <laughs> but yeah, yes, exactly that. That's, yes. that's exactly who I'm who I'm thinking of. Yeah. And people, these people do awful 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 things oh and yeah they use money to get away with it they use influence it really reminded me i've been watching lots of documentaries over the summer about not just uh, the murdoch family but people who are big in in media and those documentaries i can't possibly just, think who yes, you're talking know, about um, but you know it it really reminded me of all those things and when i watched the documentaries i thought wow you know this is so well referenced mm. this is not made up so yeah i just think it's just a phenomenal show and everyone talks really fast and there's a lot of amazing insults amazing insults and just turns of phrase that you just think wow i'm gonna use that um please for, don't. The rest, for the rest of my life i think yeah hard 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 recommend for me this is all on sky um sky atlantic and the on-demand service now um, did you just say sky go or did, yes what what is that does that exist anymore? I don't think so. Okay. Yes, it. I mean, it does. Yes, Sky yeah. Go is the app, but yeah, it's oh, all right, on the okay. Sky on demand right. service. Yeah. Um, and on Now TV. So really get into this because this is about to break through. They've mm. already got renewed for a fourth season. Brilliant. And this is TV that will have you with your head in your hands, but also punch in the air, often in the same five yeah. minutes. Oh, completely. Even the same thirty seconds. Mm. And I felt really good sitting down to watch it as well you know i can't remember the last show where i was so excited about 
sitting down and just taking it all in but also during the course of the the episode as well where they had my entire attention and I was just roller coastering through emotions I can't remember the last time that happened but when we watch we've seen episode one yeah of season three we watched that the entire time I could feel my heart rate go in I could I was like doing things with my hands I was moving about at no point in time did I pick up my phone or, or do anything I was just so into it and that sometimes that's just like a really fun feeling mm. to have really reminds me of the theater you know when you sat in the theater and you're watching a really really good production and you're totally into it that's what it really reminded me of it oh, is very theatrical actually. it is very very theatrical yeah. well I mean, interestingly the way that they film it i found out today is they will do one take with multiple cameras set up on it um and often just leave the cameras running um so yeah it's there's a really really interesting uh, while i shouldn't be promoting other podcasts there is a really interesting special on the pilot tv podcast mm. i don't know if you've listened to that yet mm, it's not yet, really no. worth a listen to yeah um there's just, so many of yeah them. yeah um but yeah this is the highest recommendation this yeah. providing this doesn't fall off the fall off, yeah, yeah. uh this I expect this to be in my top 10 of the year, yeah. probably top five of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't wait. And, yeah. and I love the fact that we can just, we have to wait each week as well. You know, normally that really winds me up and I just want to consume the whole thing. Oh, no, this is perfect. This, needs this to is be exactly how it should be. Percolated in it. And it's got that lovely thing where you can, through the course of the week, really think about what's happened and work out what the strategies will be, whose star will rise, whose star yeah. will fall what will happen to each of these people and how will the factions, because there's so many factions, isn't it? It's very political. Yeah. And really trying to think, you know, like I'd love to ask you, I know we're not doing spoilers on this, but I'd love to ask you, you know, who who do you think is going to, you know, the, the story's about succession. Who is going to succeed? Who is not going to succeed? All of those things. And that's that lovely sort of feeling that you get where you can actually like really get into a conversation with someone. Team Cousin Greg. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yes. <laughs> Right, let's. Uh, oh, that was so nice to end on a high. Yes, especially after yeah. the Undertaker. That was yeah. interesting. Skip the Undertaker. Please. Oh, sorry. Use its full yeah, title. I'll use its full title in the future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we do film? Let's do film. Hi everyone. Before we get into our film review section, I'd like to mention that I will be talking about the new Ridley Scott film, The Last Duel. The central narrative of The Last Duel revolves around an act of sexual violence, and I wanted to put up a content warning now. If that's something that you want to avoid, please check out our show notes. There'll be timestamps for you to be able to jump over that section and land firmly in Mark's review of June. Thanks, everyone. So, three films to talk about today. Yeah. Um, three very different films. None of which we've seen together. together. <laughs> no, I've seen two, you've seen one. Yeah. Should we do them in the order we saw them in? Yeah, go on. I'll start on Venom, Let There Be Carnage, then. Venom, Venom. The sequel to the surprise hit of 2018. Yeah. Um, the original Venom was slated when the trailers came out, was slated when the film came out, but somehow managed to make like $800 million worldwide. Could you say it was like a cult classic that people really jumped on board and just just liked it, you know? Yeah, because, I think because... Do you remember watching it? Because I, re- I have very little recollection <laughs> yeah, of the first very one. Very little recollection of it. I remember Tom Hardy sat in a tank of lobsters. I remember Riz Ahmed doing some sort of... Like, 
paint by numbers baddie. Yeah. I, I really feel bad saying that because I think he's a fantastic actor, but mm. he just sort of felt he was in a different film yeah. from Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy was in many different films also in that in, yes. in the actual in the actual movie. Mm. But the closing of that film, spoilers for the three years ago film, uh, introduces Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. Does it? Yes. See, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Who if you are a fan of the comics, which I am not, I don't really read comics, but I am now told, has a connection to Carnage, which is a baddie Venom. Venom's right. kind of an anti-hero anyway, but yeah, anyway. Because Ven- Venom's a symbiote, yes. isn't it? And so a symbiote that attaches to Tom Hardy, so is Carnage, Carnage is a symbiote. Also, yeah, right, okay, yeah. right. Is it Carnage with a capital K? No, no, oh, okay. no. Although instant, instantly, yeah, in, interestingly, Cletus Cassidy, uh, the Cassidy is a K. Yeah. Like Natalie Cassidy. No, she has a capital, she has a curly, curly, curly C. A curly cat. Curly, curly cat, not a kicking cat. Kick Christ, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I need to stop. Right, come on then. Tell me about Venom. Right. Carnage. Venom, let there be Carnage? Yes. Venom 2. Yes. So this is directed by Andy Serkis, yes. and there is a lot of CGI in this, which I think is why Andy Serkis has come on board. Obviously, he yeah. is Gollum and King of Mocap and things like that. Mm. I think the one thing you could say about Venom was that it had really good people in it. So there's Tom Hardy in it, there's Michelle Williams in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Was she in the first one? Oh, she's yes. the girlfriend in the first yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, fine. Um, in this one... Um, obviously, Woody Harrelson's a brilliant presence. Mm. Um, Naomi Harris is in this, almost unrecognisable. I didn't realise it was her until I saw the the, the closing credits. Stephen Graham come, turns up oh, as a lovely. detective. Yeah. And so it's got a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. What goes against it is this film is fucking shit. Oh, oh I'm so sad. Do like you remember with, with the Andy Circus connection with all of those people? Yeah. And it's 90 minutes. Yeah, it's 90 minutes, okay. which is probably. Yeah, it's. I'm so surprised because the the feeling on like the social social media seemed to be that people were really getting behind it. So you obviously are not going with that. So the way that Venom presents itself is Tom Hardy is sat there, and then the Venom voice will come over the come over the Hello. top. Yes, oh, that, that's a terrible. That's, that's, that's Mark Strong in the in the View advert. Yes. <laughs> and that's virtually all the way through this film. It's kind of like, your friends are nice, so I don't know if you'll understand this. Okay. But you meet friends that have been out on an all-day drinking session, and you're sober, and yes. like maybe one thing in seven is funny, it's and funny. the rest of it's mm-hmm. really annoying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That and, was how I felt all the way through. Right. Uh, so, yeah, like, um, Tom Hardy be walking down the street, and the Venom voice will go, he's a dickhead. It, I mean, that's not what <laughs> happens, because that's, that's actually quite funny, but yeah. Yeah, but if someone did that over and over and over again, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, this film seems like it's been stripped back to get a PG thirteen rating in the U- in the US. Oh, I didn't realize it was that low. I thought it would be a straight like fifteen. It's fifteen here. Oh, okay, and I think it is the very bottom end of a fifteen. Mm. But considering Venom bites people's heads off, mm. that is often done off screen. Like, oh, purposefully so. Right, okay. And in a world where the Suicide Squad's come out, mm. it's just, you can't get away with that for a 15. Yeah. I wanted something, like, quite violent and gory. You and wanted a shark. It didn't, yeah, it just mm. didn't pull up. The reason I went to see this is because news broke that there is something that happens in this film which is significant. And I didn't know anything about it. I muted all the hashtags and I wanted to see it before it did. 
And I think that paid off everyone in the theatre that was still left because this wasn't a well-attended film, although it's done gigantic numbers in America, yeah. lost their shit when okay. it happened. And that's, but that's in the final, that's the post-credits thing. Okay. And it's interesting. It's it, it, it sets up a third film, as you would expect. And I think it's where the franchise needs to go. But yeah, this is, I maybe laughed three times. Mm. And one of them was a British character actor just turning up out of nowhere that made me laugh just because they turned up out of nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a really bad... It's, like, I think the the twist at the end... No, it's not a twist. The post credit thing mm-hmm. raises its star, but, yeah, this is close to a one-star film for me. It oh. probably gets up to maybe two. Okay. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, oh. in a quite a contrasting... I don't know how I'm going to follow that. This is really difficult. So I went to see The Last Jewel, which is the latest Ridley Scott, Sir Ridley Scott, from yes. around these parts. Yeah. Um, so Ridley Scott's latest historical epic. Mm. So we know Ridley Scott from Gladiator. He did... Um, is it Kingdom of... I want to say Kingdom, Kingdom of, of Heaven. Heaven. Yes. Yeah, which I, I haven't seen because it didn't get great reviews at the time. Although I know there was a director's cut that seemed to... Uh, people seemed to look more kindly I've upon. I've seen it. Have you? It's too long. Okay, right, fine. But I love a historical epic. And if you say to me, oh, it's too long, I'd be thinking, oh, brilliant. This is also a long film. This yeah. is beyond two and a half hours. Mm. But I was up for that and I knew what I was getting into. It's essentially a three-parter um three-hander sorry although a three-parter is a I'm, i've said that wanted to say three-hander but actually i'm right in saying a three-parter but it's essentially a three-hander between jodie comer matt damon <laughs> what to think there <laughs> matt, matt damon. i nearly went matt leblanc <laughs> it's like that would have been a different film uh, matt damon he of the mullet and adam driver okay so we're set in I want to say, for, I should know more about this film. I want to say sort of like 1400s or 14th century. It's probably 12th century or something. Ridiculous electricity like that. in it. Yeah, so, it's before yeah. electricity. Think um, in France. So think um, uh, chickens being, ch- or, you know, g- geese being chased through a lot of mud. Think the... I thought you were going to what? try to explain to me what time period it is. <laughs> That's the... T- Think, think big castles with no heating, with straw on the floor. You know, think big battle scenes with people. You know, people's guts flying every. You know, swords and. I would have started with that, yeah. not the chickens. <laughs> but that was my main. There was one bit actually where I really laughed because there, were, there was someone chasing geese through a village, and I just thought this is exactly how you set the scene for medieval France. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it hits all those things. You can smell the mud. You can feel the dirt. It, it is beautifully realised. Like the set pieces are just phenomenal. Uh, however, <laughs> at the heart of the story. Is uh, is the woman Jodie Comer who alleges that she has been raped by the Adam Driver character Matt Damon being her husband, and you see parts of the narrative 
through each person's eyes. I'm not going to say that it's each person's perspective because the really important thing about this film, and I think it needs to be said and I don't think it's a spoiler, the really important part about this film is that we are not to disbelieve coma. And that was my real concern going into this film. And even though I'd heard a lot about it and heard people say, you know, this is not a he said, she said perspective on history. It is absolutely, we know who is in the right and who is in the wrong here. Yes. But what the film does by showing us the three, I'm going to put it in air quotes, perspectives, because it's mm. not a perspective on an, on the event. The, the three stories as through the eyes of these uh, these three characters is that you get to see how each of those people perceives themselves and in particular the men so you see part of the narrative through the eyes of Matt Damon he is dashing he is wonderful he is beating people in the battle he is being kind to his wife I absolutely took that on face value until I saw later representations of those events and it's not just that you're seeing the same events over and over and over again it's you're seeing parts of the story and little bits and pieces coming in to give you that oh okay and um, when he thinks he's hugging his wife he actually isn't you know or when he thinks that he's using this sort of terminology actually he's being very cruel and i really really appreciated that about the film that it wasn't this um it wasn't an, a rape narrative that put at the heart of it oh well is she telling the truth or is she really tr you know is she really having this beautiful affair with Adam? yes so once that's once I settled into that, that's where this uh, I just sort of fell fell in love with with the film. It took a while, however, and that's why I'm sort of going into this level of detail because I think if you sit with the film for the first sort of half hour to an hour, like I did, mm. you might take at face value, like I did, the male uh, characters perspective yeah. and it was only when it dawned on me that actually I wasn't seeing the truth in inverted commas that the film came alive to me when Coma comes in and when you see her story it is just all pulls together and I think it is a, be a beautiful beautiful film with with Coma's performance in particular really like I, I was thinking she has to win awards for this you know stoicism um lightness of touch because she she essentially has to play a different woman yeah. from each of the you know the male the male protagonist perspective but also from her of her mm. own character and she's in this film we're talking about women as property and that is such a strong through line as as well uh, you know what what will she come with what sort of land will she come with who does she uh, has to kiss well if her husband tells her to kiss someone else she just has to do it you know that that real through line but her strength of character in seeing seeing this through and doing what other women even now um you know are, are forced in terms of a patriarchal society to find themselves in a position where they are not able to get justice yeah and just phenomenal and I did not know how it was going to pan out I did not know what the um what the, what the final point would be it's called the last duel because there's a big duel there is a consequence to the you know who wins the duel mm. all of those things were wrapped up I was absolutely uh taken by it and I, I 
having sat with it for quite a long time and listened to other people's views on it, I wouldn't be surprised if it sort of creeps in to sort of the low, sort of, you know, when you think about your top ten, whether it creeps in at maybe number ten, number nine of my films of the year. I mean, it stayed with you because mm. you, kind of, sort of, like, whenever I talk to you about it, you just kind of like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the You know, big thing to say about this, that mm. this contains multiple, because you, you see it more than once, multiple scenes of sexual violence where the camera remains on the face of the person for whom the, the, the violence is being perpetrated. It is really, really harrowing. Yeah, that those scenes really have stayed with me. And I know that it has had some criticism in terms of showing those scenes okay. not just once, but you know, is essentially having to watch this thing happen mm. um over over again. I do think you you need to have those scenes to show that the event occurred in the way that you know yeah. that coma experienced it. it it's difficult to recommend because i think you have that element to it but i think if you go into the film knowing that that is what you're going into see and you and you're you can prepare yourself for that and that's not something that's going to um, to to affect you, yeah. you know, and I think there will be many people out there who will not want to go and see this, and mm. who will want to avoid it, and that's absolutely fine. I sort of steadied myself, right? I knew what I was going to say. I knew it was really hard. It was very hard. I'm still thinking about it now, but I'm I'm glad I saw it because I thought it was, whilst this was a medieval film, I thought it ticked so many boxes for the way we look at violence against women, sexual violence, women as property, misogyny. It was just absolutely, you know, oh, what, you know, we're talking about what women were wearing. We're talking about, oh, she smiled at you. She, you know, all of those things. I was like, in my head, I was going tick, 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 you know, yeah. this, well, oh, it's, you know, it, this is the behavior that we would have expected of a, of a woman. Oh, we've got expectations about women's behavior. Okay, mm. that's interesting. I think I'm, I'm going to say just a little bit about some of some of the scenes that particularly the Adam Driver when you when you see his part of the narrative and from from his perspective some of those scenes are very what I'm going to call bawdy and I felt tonally did not really fit within the rest of the film given it's the the nature of what it's talking about and it, I, in the film, I was just sitting there going, oh, this has gone a bit Game of Thrones. And I don't think I like it. Ben Affleck has a really interesting haircut and beard. Um, he's gone absolute platinum blonde with, a, you know, and his the accents are very interesting. And all of those sorts of things might lead you down like a comedy pathway. And I had to sort of make peace with the fact that if we had seen those scenes from the women from the women's point of view, you know, the women that, that, that are in, yeah. in these bawdy, I'm going to be inverted yeah. with bawdy scenes, you know, game is one then we may have seen a completely different perspective, but actually mm. we're seeing it from driver's point of view. And of course yeah. he sees women as playthings. So yeah, sorry, I'm, I've gone on for quite a while. You've been very patient and you've, you've sat there and you've listened. Um, I thought it was wonderful. It was a, it was a four star for me, okay. you know, a good, a good four star, but it took me a while to get there. And I think if people go and see it, don't write it off like I did within this first half half an hour, you know, an hour. I was sitting there going, oh God, this is terrible. <laughs> but it, oh, it wasn't. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. I just didn't get what it was trying to do. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really have a lot to answer that. Um, I really want to go see this. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think I'd just say exactly the same thing to you is, 
I think you need to see the film as a whole. Because I think if you and I had sat here and watched this, I think you would have been playing on your phone within about 45 minutes. I would have been doing the same. We might have have had it over like two nights or something like yeah. that because it, it's such a long film. But because I was forced to sit in the cinema and I was forced to just take it as it was, yeah. it grew and grew and I started to understand it more. And I think that's what it needs. Well, that's what, I mean, that's largely what I said about the Green Knight and mm. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I would recommend, I would be interested in your opinion when you when you finally get around to seeing it. Can I talk about Dune? <laughs> yes. Speaking of another long film. So, Dune, the latest adaptation of the 1960s Frank Herbert book, sort of seminal sci-fi literature. Um, have you seen... Have you seen the David Lynch film from no, the eighties? It's just not my cup of tea, and obviously I've never read that. I don't read any sci. I've never read sci-fi. I guess that. Yeah, and yeah, I take it you've not seen the TV adaptation from the two thousands. No, no, I no. didn't even know there was one. Hmm. Have you? No, no. So you've not. Read I went the... into this film knowing there was something called Spice. I didn't even know that. Um. <laughs> Sting was in the original. Sting, yes, that's my yeah. big thing. Sting, yeah. yeah. And there's in some... a nappy type thing? Was he in no, yeah, a wings. Oh, right, okay. Right. I thought it was a loincloth. That character does not appear in this. And, this and is... does Sting appear? Yeah. That Sting does not appear in okay. this. No. So this is the first part of a planned two-part adaptation, more of which to come up. Um, a brief synopsis, as much as you can, because it's a very dense book by all accounts. And So a family take over planet where the mining of spice takes place and their son who's called paul oddly why oddly because everyone else is like they're all atreides and they or live like on Lady yeah, yeah. And, yeah and he's yeah, called yeah. paul and he's just paul yeah he's getting dreams he feels he's been here before and there is some connection to the native people who live on the the world mm-hmm. like i said i went into this film knowing absolutely nothing and the first 10 minutes is a blast of world building. They are the Atreides. They're going to this planet a la Bobbe la Blanc. He is, he is possibly, he was supposed to be born a female, but he's born a male. And right. therefore he might be the Quidjibo Blankidu. Um, and there's a lot, like, I've heard criticisms of the book say it's uh-huh. very dense and there's a lot of terms come in. But at least yeah. with a book, you can sort of go back a couple of pages and go, yes. hang on, what's yeah. the, yeah. You can't do that in a film. film. I went to see this on a Friday lunchtime Mm. um, in the IMAX screening, which in our local cinema is always the busiest of all show-ins. But it was it was rammed. Um, There was two sets of seats I could have picked um, with a gap to other people. I went to the one at the front. It was so close to the the IMAX screen. I was (laughs) like, nope, I'll go to the back and switch switch seats. Which thankfully the Odeon let you do now. Yeah, on the app. Yeah. This is Denis Villeneuve. He it, of Arrival. He Chicago, of Arrival, yeah. And Blade Runner yeah. 2049, is it? 2049? 2039, <laughs> yeah. 2052. Yeah, so him. And so let's say this out front. Yeah. This film looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone has said go see this in the biggest screen possible. I don't, have you ever noticed when films cut to the IMAX cameras? No. When you're on an IMAX I screen? I don't really think I do, no. Because it goes from like a widescreen thing to filling the full screen. Right. And it seemed to do this every five minutes, which oh, is right. a little bit distracting. Is that distracting? But awesome spectacle. Mm. Like this, the shots of the desert world, which I think is um, 
filmed in UAE, I think someone mentioned. Um, it's stunning. The effects are stunning. The, the the world that they live in is just beautifully shot, and some of the some of the battle sequences that go on because for there are battles that go on are beautifully lit. They're at night and there's fires oh, going everywhere. Yeah. They, this looks stunning. For me, there is a look. It's hard work because it, the plot is so dense in this. Mm. Um, the people in front of me were on their phones within ten minutes checking. Yay. Yeah. Checking Naughty. their checking their emails more than oh, any person oh, no. have ever done that, and that's just oh, distracting. That's so annoying. Yeah, Ugh. I've never been a huge fan of Timothy Chalamet, mm. um, but this is a star making turn for him. I mean, more so, even more so than sort of okay. Call Me by Your Name, which right. uh, he holds up the action, he holds up the storyline of it, he he really does he really does hold the film because he's in virtually every scene. Um, as Paul. Yeah, as Paul. As Paul. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is is awesome in it. Oscar Isaac plays a very stately uh, Duke uh, and Paul's father. Mm-hmm. Letter. Um, Jared. It, it is a little bit dry. Um, all the humour tends to come from Jason Mowers, Duncan. I didn't like him in the trailer. I felt it was a bit like, here's my comedy line. and How, did, how does he fare in the film? So all the comedy is in the trailer, mm-hmm. but he's he's fine. He, and he's called Duncan. Yeah, and he and he's and he plays a badass, okay. which you know. Oh, fair enough. He doesn't necessarily play like a bit of a goofy badass. He plays mm-hmm. like someone who can take someone apart. Okay. Um, Stellan Skarsgård is almost unrecognizable as the big bad in this, uh, but Dave Bautista's in it. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, all the all the. Villeneuve. Oh, the Villeneuve, because um, he was in Blade Runner, wasn't he? Yeah, Josh yeah. Brolin. Okay. Uh, Javier Bardem comes, turns up in a... And he's got a fantastic cast. Oh, yeah, um, David Dastmachian. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, seen in Suicide Squad. Charlotte Rampling turns up at one point. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, if you are a fan of the book or the, or the 80s film, you will be crying out in joy over this, because I think this is using the very edge of cinematic um, techniques to make an absolutely stunning film. For me, it was just too much. Um, I, I respect it rather than enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed the characters, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm cr- I really hope they make a second film because I want to spend more time with these people. And I want to see the conclusion of this story, and I don't necessarily want to sit through Sting. Did you? Uh, I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so coy. I'm yeah. guessing it is left open for a second, uh, a second film. That is generous. Yes. The film just stops. Okay. It, the title is Dune Part One, uh, okay. and it is more Lord of the Rings than it is it. Okay, right. Get you. you know, if yeah, if if, if there isn't a second part. This will be quickly forgotten because it's not a complete film. Yeah. There isn't a conclusion. Yeah. It is, yeah. And it would be a hell of a shame to put all this through. Do you think that if you watched it again, you would get more out of it? Having said that it's so dense and that you it took you a long time to sort of work out who was who. Sometimes a second watch of a film really lifts all of that because you know what you're going into. Almost certainly, yeah. I think I think you're entirely right there. I just don't tend to watch films twice. Mm. Um, Especially sp- if you felt they were dense first of all. Yeah, you, know, you kind yeah. of think, oh, I'm going to have to put myself through this film again. Yeah. I mean, everyone tells me you need to see Fight Club a couple of times to like I, get the I, most yeah, out of it. I agree, it. yeah, I do, but, yeah. 
I thought it was all right the first time, and I'm not gonna like. Have you not watched it again? No, no, no. Oh, I have seen it. I've seen it loads of times, and you do. It gets better every time for me because you you can spot so much more, and you you know what you're looking for. But it's an idea. Make it better the first time. <laughs> it requires. See, but that is a film that everything is. Everything comes to fruition mm. towards the end, yeah. and then that changes your view on what you've seen previously. I'm I'm suggest I'm not suggesting that that's the same with June. Though. No, no, yeah, and I, yeah, and I think Sixth Sense does that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was not popular in the in the audience. As the film was winding up, there were people putting their coats on before the titles had rolled. Um, oh. yeah. Okay. For something that's had such critical love, I mean, I listened to the movie Robcast's mm. review of it, and Rob Daniel on there, who is a huge, from what I can tell, a huge fan of the book and the film, um, the film from the 80s, was in raptures about this. And I can fully understand that. It is a beautifully made film, and if something I loved was made this well... I would be, mm-hmm. I, I would be the same as well. Yeah. But for me, it's a, it's a nod and a tip of my hat to Denis Villeneuve. How is it done? You're usually really good at, at this. How is it done at the box office? You keep an eye on that sort of. Uh, well, it's only launched. Thing? It's only launched in the. Um, it's done really well internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only launched in the UK and America this week. Okay. Um, right. but it has gone to. HBO Max in America at the same time oh, as yeah, cinemas. I didn't know that. And that is, it is not something, oh, like I say, right. yeah. you would be, if you're not 100% focused on this, you mm. will be playing with your phone as the three people in front of me were with the eight oh, tubs of nachos and ah, crisps and everything. Ah. Yeah, it's, I mean, and they were... It's giving me anxiety. Just yeah, it was really annoying. And, yeah. you know, really tempted to put a tap on the shoulder, oh, but yeah. 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 And for that sort of film where you, you, and like, if you're going to see June, right? Yeah. You should know what you're going to, you're going to yeah. see something really immersive. You're going to see something that is a long film. Like, yeah. I get really annoyed, I get so annoyed with people who are just like, oh, what are we going to see? Oh, we'll just go In and the see. In the IMAX. You know, we'll just go to see yeah. this with all of our nachos and we'll get our phone out. And yeah. like, hmm, yes. Shouldn't be allowed. Well, I think eating in cinemas is fine. Well, I have, I have views on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it depends what you're eating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it depends what you're eating and how annoying you're being with your phone. Mm. Oof. Oh well, I'm. I think you you still come. I think you've still and correct me if I'm wrong. You still come out of it thinking good things about certain aspects. Of Absolutely. The film. It's not that you've come out of it and said one star, which is oh. what you started with when we started the you know the film section. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's got better. Oh yeah, no, it it is a phenomenal piece of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, unfortunately, and I was I was similar with um, what um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was a film that got really good reviews. But when I was when I went to see it, they spent the first ten minutes talking about Control and the circus, and I was like, "I'm sorry, what's this? Who's Control?" Yeah, well, that is. Yeah, are there some clowns. Yes, you're right. Is there an yeah. elephant? Because you, you get place? shoved into it with the understanding that you kind of get what's going on. Yeah, but it. Yeah, it is. It is difficult. And I yeah. went to see this with people who were really familiar with the novel and right. thought, "Oh, this is." I really loved it. Yeah. But for me, I was just. I. I think. Yeah. In the end, I was kind of like trying to do mm-hmm. movie connections between Tom Hardy and uh, someone else. <laughs> I forget Tom, Tom Hardy. Arnold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's um? 
what's coming up next? Because it seemed to be that every week there's like a new film out, which is lovely. Last what's... night in Soho. Last night in Soho. Uh, last night in Soho. Last right. night in Soho. I can't write enough. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I know. I know. Um, and Eternals. Yes. Which some dickheads have gone and spoiled <laughs> online, apparently. It's your favourite word of the podcast at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, someone, someone's gone and... Spo- some, a film journalist has gone and spoiled it. Brilliant. Yeah, after going to see the premiere. And the, and they've done the... Is it the end scene or the... The post credit thing, apparently, has been spoiled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've managed to avoid it. I've muted mm. all the phrases. And you've done it again. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. <sighs> well, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening from our new location, which is across the way from our old location. And might sound awful. I think it's... I, I actually think there's much less echo when I'm talking. I feel... And normally we have to put a load of... You know, behind the scenes. We have to put a load of pillows sort of around us to try and, uh, you know... Give this is all going to be hilarious when you listen yeah, to it tomorrow. Yeah, I know, going to be so like, echoey. But <laughs> Yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, enough about our decoration. Um, if it yeah. sounds good enough that you want to give us another go, <laughs> yeah. uh, please give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you would like to leave us a review, um, please do so on whatever podcast platform you use. We much appreciate it. And if you uh, if you like what we do and you think someone else would too, if you uh, wouldn't mind telling a friend or a colleague or whoever else you have in your life. Just a stranger in the street. Yeah, I think that's See someone wearing enough. a t-shirt of like a Dune t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a Venom oh, t-shirt. Maybe, maybe or an not. Undertaker t-shirt. Yeah, oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks very much everyone and we'll see you next time. See you next time.